Hey, and before we get started on this week's episode, just a reminder, head out to abyssproxyshop.com and use code CMDTOWER. Get you 10% off any of the playtests or proxies you might need to help bling out your deck. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mr. Be- Mr. Bever's Neighborhood. Uh, I am Mr. Bevers. Uh, you can find me in a number of places like YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all those good places. And as always, I've wanted to have a Planeswalker friend just like you. It's uh, Big Tuck Tweeting. You know who I am. Uh, it's been a while here, but I will say this. It's been a while since I've streamed on something with Mr. Bevers. And I will say his face is very calming and very relaxing. And that's it. And hey guys, it's Mr. Comet number five here. You can catch me uh, on all of our content and over at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. And let's make the most of this beautiful board state. Uh, here in Mr. Beverage Neighborhood, we're here to address the salt in the room. Every episode, we're going to address a top salty card from EDH Rec and have our dear friend Mr. Bevers help us navigate the social constructs around it. And we're going to do this. The following ways. What makes this card annoying or salt-inducing from a community perspective? How do we, the panel here, kind of react this way or maybe not and why do we? And then lastly, how can we form habits that can change this way of reacting behavior over the long haul? So today we're talking Gaia's Cradle. Guy's Cradle is a legendary land uh, originally printed in Urza's Saga that says as follows. Tap, add one green to your mana pool for each creature you control. So it's a little bit of flavor text. Here sprouted the first seedling of Argoth. Here the last tree will fall. Gamelon, Citadel Elder. Now, if you want an iron copy of this one, straight out of the gates, according to the stats I'm seeing right now, you are going to pay $1,000. And I feel that this is important to note because I believe last time I checked, you could buy a Ford Fiesta for $600. Uh, Additionally, there are a few additional reprints uh, in the ways that Mr. Combo would not care to hear about. Most importantly, the World Champs deck, 1999, uh, $208 for a gold-bordered card. But if that wasn't enough for you and you people out there really want to find the way to bling out your decks... The Judge gift cards from 1998 will cost you a cool, easy down payment on a home of $2,303.70. There has been a few uh, Magic Online printings, which you don't talk about. But until then, that is all we have. And as we all know, this card is, in fact, a part of Magic history and is on the reserved list. So, Big Tuck, why do you think the community gets so annoyed or just triggered, salt-induced when they see someone play a guy's cradle? I think it's this. I think it's that if you've been playing the game for long enough, there's been a time where you passed on this card. $100 for a, for a guy's cradle? No way. I'm not paying that. $200? No, it's insane. $50 for the gold border? I don't think so. I really do believe that this card is on 34 on the salt list because of that exact same reason. There are ways to abuse it. There are, which we'll get into at a later point, but I really feel that's it. It's that you got lucky before I did, and now I'm going to be upset and butthurt about this card existing. 
it hasn't been banned yet, right? Comparative to uh, Seraph Sanctums that taps for all your enchantments, which is I argue, arguably stronger, but we'll get to that. Uh, Tolarian Academy did get banned. I think Shivan was it Shivan Gorge clearly not banned there. I believe it. This is this is a salt meter in the sense of I can't have this, so I'm going to be angry because you do. You know, I would agree with that sentiment, Big Tuck. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, you, you, Big Tuck tweeting. That's that's your new name. Oh yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, so Big Tuck tweeting. I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I actually believe there's there's a corner case that let's go back five years. Uh, I would say that this was a salt-inducing card because of gameplay, because it was mm. a lot more battle cruisery. Uh, people were swinging, and yeah, if you if you're able to, you know, turn, you know, it basically it's just kind of you drop Gaia's Cradle, and if you're playing your deck right, it's like, oh, I got like 15, 20 mana, and I'm going to win the game on the spot, and you guys had no idea what was going to happen. Right, that was a lot more prevalent until now, where. People aren't even doing board wipes because it's not beneficial. It's better to do targeted removal. It's people aren't really in the red zone with a bunch of creatures unless you're in that token specific deck, which yes, that's where Gaia's Cradle's great at. But it's not like you're seeing just go wide green decks all over the place. That's not really the thing. So I, I think this is a reputation on the salt. Uh, yeah. Going back to your your price example, uh, I am one of the people that's salty about the judge promo one. I remember <laughs> when I could have got a judge promo one for, and this was just three years ago for eight hundred bucks, and I said right. that's insanity. It's insane. I could buy three or sorry two normal Gaia's cradles for that. No way of doing that. Now I kind of wish I would have done it because there's no way I'm paying twenty three hundred dollars. <laughs> or for God's sakes, there's a time where you get a lot of three Gaia cradles gold bordered for forty dollars a pop. They're giving them away. Yeah, purely. Just giving them away. So I, I think it's a lot of buyer's remorse. Just yes. And it's the opposite. I wish I would have done it. Um, I think it'd be the same thing. Like, I think Black Lotus. Now, that one can be abused a little bit more. But I think any of the Powered Nine would probably be that as well if they were legal in our format for the most right. part. It would just be people frustrated that they didn't pick them up when they could have. Because I don't think newer players are really getting that upset at reserved list cards being played. Correct. All right. So, I mean, I think that you're both very correct in this situation. I mean, uh, Gaia's Cradle is one of those things that I don't... I've never been on the receiving end of someone playing it in a way that I'm like, oh, that seems not good, right? Uh, from a play standpoint. I... That's not to say that there isn't those instances. I'm sure there are absolutely instances where people have abused this in the past. Um, I don't think you see it very much anymore, right? And I think that there are a lot of other options that do just as much, if not more, these days than Guy's Cradle does. And um, I get it. You know, it's a land drop that makes, you know, somewhere probably between five to... 15 mana, as you mentioned, right? That on the turn that you drop it, right? Unless, of course, you're playing it on turn two for some reason. I don't know. I, I feel like that's not not the way to play. No, listen, Gaius everyone Cradle, knows but... that if you're playing Guy's Cradle, you go oh, it's forest, turn once. Forest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, forest, turn two, dork. You know, forest, 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 dork, 
get guys cradle out yeah, and you're off to the races. Can't be beat. Right. Can't right. be beat in yeah, auto green. Yeah. Of course, of course. Right. Of course, that's exactly how it works. I, I mean, like, I can definitely see, like, now I got into Commander quite a bit later than a lot of folks, um, considering I started my magic career in, you know, 1994. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm old, okay? Jeez. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're the same age as, as the both of us here on the cast. I've looked you up. laughed at me. I just assumed that that was about my age. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I got into Commander only like, what, two, three years ago at this point, really. Um, just kind of like just before, you know, the whole Panini uh, thing uh, hit us. And uh, basically, uh, I never really was on the receiving end of Gaia's Cradle as like a as a big bad in the Commanderverse. Um do I think that guy's cradle like now we're talking the EDH rec salt list. So it's obviously commander focused, sure. right? Um, so this salt is obviously from the commander base, but I would imagine that this card saw a lot more salt in modern and things like that. Right. When it was in its sure. heyday of people being like, Oh gosh, they're on mono green. Here we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can run four of them. Right. Just in case. It's, it's what I mean, right? Like I, I could imagine that that was way more salt inducing than seeing it in a commander game. Now, yeah. I know that a lot of people these days have started, uh, you know, kind of moving to the side of uh, less consistency in their commander decks because it makes the games more fun in their opinion. Right. Right. Um, and so, like, the decks that can be like, okay, every time I play my commander deck, I'm going to have Gaia's Cradle on turn four, regardless of what I'm doing in my deck, because I have so many ways to get it out of the deck and get it onto the table. I'm going to do something degenerate with this card. I don't think you're seeing that as often anymore. You know what I mean? That's just the thing. It's like, I'm sure that those decks still are exist and are still out there, and there are still people playing that that exact line, but I don't think it's as, as prevalent, right? And I, I feel... So I don't, Mr. Rivers, you do, do you own a copy? I don't either, right? And I know Mr. Combo owns a couple, right? That you put into a couple decks. And while we're just talking about this sort of like why it's so salty, do you feel, Mr. Combo, in the decks that you're writing this in, this is like the linchpin card? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm And can you confirm, I was thinking about this uh, in the cab ride back here, I believe there's been times where you've had this in decks where you cannot tap this for mana, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? Yep. So, like, I think it, I, I feel like this is a, we, we've talked on the cast about Boogeyman of the Past and that sort of thing. I feel like that's where Guy's Cradle lines, right? It's kind of this artifact of old days where you can't beat someone who runs out 20 elves on turn five. Mm -hmm. And now you can, right? There's so many options to do so. So I, it's 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 an interesting conversation around it, at least. I mean, and we all. The, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the only other thing I was going to say, piggybacking on that, is like you know, Tuck, when you talk about like, oh, Miss Combo, you've experienced the Gaia's Cradle being worthless on the table, and I, people immediately right now probably are saying like, well, you're just playing it wrong. Well, then uh, you're not in the right format, I guess. <laughs> How do you play it right in that How case? Right? I'm sorry, I just got bored. Yeah, and I can't well. Do it, yeah, it, it's just, you know, I, I hate the 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 magic talk of, hey, this card didn't wasn't as broken or even when I talk about Grizzlebrand, you know, and I, I joke sure. about that card. It's like, well, you're not doing it right. And I'm like, well, who's to say the way I'm doing it's not right. Right. Yeah. Like we're, we're all different and we all have different play styles, mm -hmm. even at the pro circuit level. They probably, I bet you could probably pick two pro players and they each use Underworld Breach completely different yeah, for a different 100%. reason. That's okay. 
So uh, I think, you know, to that point, it's just this card has a ceiling and it has a floor. And I will tell you, the floor is more realistic in Commander today than the ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree on that. And like what I was just going to like just chime in with at the end there, too, is that, you know, uh, we all know my feelings on salt as a as a generality, you know, and that kind of stuff. I mean, the the whole reason this show exists is uh, is because of how I feel about why people (laughs) are salty and things like that. But uh, Guy's Cradle could be on the salt list. You know, for historic reasons. Absolutely. Like, leave it on there if you want to for the historic reasons. It shouldn't be number 34. No. Way too high. And, uh, you know, to that point... So, so wait, uh, wait. Okay, so here's the boggles my mind, right? Guy's Curl is 34. Dockside Sorcerous is 40 on the nose. I feel like I hear about that way more. I, I hear way more people chiming for the ban of Dockside than I do Guy's Curl. I agree, right? And underneath it as well, Nexus of Fate. Another <laughs> just I win card, right? Underneath it, Humility. Underneath it, Blightsteel Colossus. Underneath it, Oko Thief of Crowns, right? If you just look, if you look through these cards that are here, it doesn't make any sense. Like the ones up, uh, the ones in front of it, uh, 33, Fierce Guardianship. Way worse than Dockside, or sorry, yeah. I apologize. Way worse than Guy's Cradle, right? Like way harder to beat. Above that, Narset Enlightened Master, which I think is that one's uh, salty for a different reason, but yes, yeah, sure. But like it's it, like it just blows like above, literally above it in the stack above it. Ristic Study is Ristic hmm. Study only six cards more salty than Guy's Cradle? I, I don't think so. Not it has yeah, to be like twenty more, that. right? So that'd be way more. Yeah, I, I think back to the point. It has to be the price, right? It has mm-hmm. to be this legacy idea of how this works. You still get blown out to board wipes. You still only have the mana that you have on a table. So I, I don't know. I, I think this one's should not near. I, I don't think this should be in the top 50 saltiest cards personally. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And before we head over to the next episode guy, or the next segment, uh, we do want to remind you guys, you know, we do have a great patron community, patreon.com slash CMD tower. Would love for you guys to go out there and support us. We have many different tier levels and really anything that you could do would help us out. So patreon.com slash CMD tower. Now I personally feel this way because usually it's directed back at me because <laughs> um, I'm going to, so it's weird guys cradle. I wouldn't say I'm salty about it, but I'm very leery about it, which I almost wonder is like leery, like the baby step, like the toddler before like adolescenthood of salty. Like, I don't know if I like you playing that card because I I have seen games where Gaius Cradle, like they, they're doing like stupid land rigmaroles. Then they get Gaius Cradle out. They have some way to just make a bunch of worthless creature tokens. And then they're like, expelling us to death and it just kind of came out of nowhere so i have seen the burst of it um but i'll be honest most of the time when i see gaia's cradle the first thought that comes to my head is like okay board wipe their creatures and then they Mm -hmm. literally have a worthless land drop um that's pretty easy uh figure out ways to keep them from playing creatures that keeps gaia's cradle in check so I've personally, and I know we'll kind of get into more details about how we can kind of change the habits and kind of deal with it in the game state. But I think that's kind of where I sit is I'm very leery of other people playing the card because I don't think that most people are like me and just playing it in a 
fine to okay deck. I think most people that are playing it are playing it degenerately. It's not just because it was in their collection from forever ago. So it almost actually becomes like a, and I hate saying this, I'm going to throw up in my mouth when I do it, rules <laughs> conversation. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> it just hurt me. Uh, I think that's almost like a rule zero type thing. Like maybe Gaius Cradle is salty to me because when I see them played, it's like, whoa, we're at like a little bit more higher power than I thought we were going into us. And it's because of that land. It's just like, oh, Gaius Cradle pass. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not like you just did Blightsteel pass where a whole table freaks out. Sometimes it just sneaks in as a land drop. And that's a little bit on me. Um, You know, I'll have to do that. Maybe Mr. Bevers can help me kind of navigate around that. But that's usually why I get a little annoyed. Same same thing with like Force of Will. When someone randomly Force of Wills in a game, in my oh, head I'm like, yeah. I didn't I didn't know we were doing that. Like, okay, okay, we're doing a little bit better power here. Uh, it just kind of catches you off guard. Yeah, uh, I I've I'll be honest. The only time I've ever seen someone play uh, Guy's Cradle is when I'm playing with Mister Combo. <laughs> <laughs> no what you've never seen Sir Brian play it? Uh, I have not. So it, it does feel like I agree with you. Where and d- let me ask you this, Mr. Combo: Do you feel like the the boogeyman of the card is more important than the card itself? Right? Like, oh, I thought we were playing. I thought we were just playing these normal decks. Now you're introducing this legacy card that's going out of control. So by that metric, you probably are playing other cards that are unbeatable in your deck as well. I, I would say that's fair because yeah. I, I think and it, it still might play into the money aspect of it. But if you think about it, if someone now has a thousand dollar card in their deck, right. you would think that the rest of the deck doesn't equate a roll of quarters. It's probably heavily invested and it's probably a very good deck. And it's just almost kind of the tattoo of look at me flex. I'm playing strength. May I uh, qu- quickly interject with a with a um, analogy that this happened when I was at Command Fest Richmond? Real quick. Oh, okay. Real quick, right? We're gonna get into this later, but so you were I was at playing, Richmond. I was in Richmond. Yep, I was at Command Fest. What were you there? <laughs> okay, good. I thought not. There's a bunch of Canadians. I to- Anyways, that's the next podcast. So I was playing a guy, right? And we we did randomized pods, like like what we did at Magic Fest, Mr. Combo, yeah. right? Where you're like, oh, here's my voucher. I want to play people. And this guy kept saying, listen, I had these cards when they were really cheap. This does not dictate the power of the deck, right? Tundra, Academy Rector. He was playing uh, Bant Enchantments with Tuvosa, right? Uh, the one that gives everything aura. Like he just had every banger in the deck, right? So I was like, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take you on face level, right? I know that you're playing $15, $2,000 worth of cards right now, but I'm going to take you on face level. And then eventually it got to the point where I was like, oh, I can Oblivion Stone him back into the Stone Age and maybe win this game. <laughs> and then he was like, well, you can't. I was like, if I do this, well, this doesn't matter. He's like, no, I have Teferi's Protection, Stifle, and something else in, his, in hand, right? So even though he was playing a fair deck, the fact that he was playing these high-level cards should have been an indication that we are playing on different levels comparative to my, like, $200 horror deck. And I feel like that's why I, I kind of feel like that, to your point, Mr. Combo, that's why the play of Guy's Cradle is something to pause on, right? This guy's probably got heroic intervention. He's probably got all these other banger spells in green, regardless of what spells he's or regardless of what other colors he's playing. Where if he has the investment of just running 
a naked guy's cradle and deck, he probably has these other things going for him. And Mr. Bevers, before you go, the, the only thing I do want to piggyback on that, I hate that. I despise yeah. that, and I even use it in my example, how the monetary value of a deck is now determining your power level perception at the table. Um, I've... You, Tuck, you've heard me preach oh, yeah. constantly on Bruise and Builds how the card's cost does not attribute to its power. It just attributes to what people are willing to pay for a cardboard rectangle. And so people <laughs> should not just pick on others because I am someone that I am very blessed. I have a great job and magic was kind of my disposable income. We've we've talked about decks that I have that are five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. Are they good right. and win every time? Absolutely not. No. I just like really cool bling decks. But if I sit down at a table and I have those, people are going to hate on me. So right. I wish that we could figure out a way to change that perception. Ugh, rant over. Bevers go. Well, I was going to, so this kind of like sort of segues into what I was going to bring up. And that is that, uh, you know, I have my, uh, my whale tribal deck, right. <laughs> and it has a whole bunch of like random bling expeditions in it. Right. And, you know, so the deck's value is like 700, $800, but it's whale tribal. <laughs> okay like right. it literally all it does is try to put as many whales into play as possible like <laughs> and make copies of all of the whales that i do play now to remember if you go and look it up there are only about 12 whales ever printed in <laughs> now to history. be fair we're not talking about it but great whale is probably on that list and that's oh, a yes. combo card yeah that's fair it is absolutely it is but do you think i'm playing any kind of combo pieces with it what? no Definitely not. And, and it also leads me into another one, right? Which is like, I have a, another Simic deck uh, called Boom Headshot, which is the win con in that deck is Rocket Launcher. If you all remember oh, yes. Rocket Launcher. But the deck runs like a ridiculous plethora of like high powered, ridiculous cards, including, you know, essentially an equivalent to a guy's cradle, the Invention Soul Ring. Price wise. Oh, right? God. Yeah. Okay. oh my god. All right. And like <laughs> like I could literally change that card to a guy's cradle if I wanted to. Guy could just trade it, probably. But like the point is, is I don't because I don't need to. And and also like who's gonna hate on me for having a nine hundred dollar soul ring in my deck versus a nine hundred dollar guy's cradle? No one. Let right. me ask you this, though. When you run, like, if you do play this deck, right, that you said, mm -hmm. I think this goes back to, I think this is like a perfect summation of this, where you're like, rule zero conversation, this is a rocket launcher deck, guys, don't worry about it, right? Turn one, island, 10 cents, tap, like, blow $900 out $900 soul ring, right? <laughs> like, Correct. Do you, it has like, happened, and people go, what? And I go, don't worry about it. Right. So like, <laughs> but like you, you stream way more than we do. Right. But like, I'm sure, I'm sure that may or may not have happened on stream, but like, do, do, do you feel like people give pause into that regardless? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that was kind of why I brought it up. Right. Yeah, right. Like, people definitely still go, Oh, but that's a, that's a really expensive card. Like you must have a lot of good cards in the deck. Then right. and I go, I do, but the win con is rocket launcher. Like that's <laughs> literally the only win con I've put in the deck other than like, you know, if you let the deck run rampant and just don't do anything about the creatures I'm, I play, I'm gonna, I might have I'm enough, gonna blast you with a bunch of white. I, I might yeah. no, I might have enough creatures that I can swing at you, right. right? If you don't do something about them, but like that's not the point of the deck, right? The point of the deck is to make a copious amount of mana and not mm -hmm. even like in an infinite combo type style. It's Crufix is the commander. So the idea is to just store the mana in your mana pool forever until you have enough 
to right. wipe out the table with rocket launcher, right? <laughs> but rocket launcher also has to be in play before you can. Anyway, that we're digressing yeah. here into now, a no, large now. Story, to be fair, like not not for nothing, but listen. OG rocket launcher, eight dollars. That's a lot for a combo piece. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> is saying it right $8 there. Eight dollars now? The antiquities is, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Wow. That's expensive. I think I I think <laughs> I had it in my collection from way back when I was a child. But um uh the last time when I built the deck, it was only like two dollars, maybe. Yeah, the the revised right? edition's like, a buck a buck twenty. But like, yeah, like I, yeah, I think I I feel to your point, to both your point, it's that's the issue, is like yes. it's not like it's not that. I feel bad when someone plays a guy as cradle. I feel like it's just dictating. It's, it's a foretell card, right? It's yeah. It's giving you an insight into the, maybe the rest of the power level of their deck that you think exists because of the inherent correlation between dollar value and power level, which doesn't always exist because some cards can cost copious amount of money. And the only reason they cost that is because there's so little of them out there. Sure. They might not even be mm. very good, right? I mean, look at alpha cards. Go and tell me that you want to play an alpha grizzly bear in your deck and you're going to pay, <laughs> you know, $4,200 or some nonsense for a 2-2 <laughs> bear, right? And tell me that, oh, you must have a good deck then if you're running a 2-2 bear. No, <laughs> right? It has the, now, you Mr. Rivers, remember to that point, though, mm. do you think they would be less salty about your 2-2 grizzly bear from alpha if you actually drew a 2-2 on the bear so it's like hey it's a 2-2 bear that's 2-2 how could you be mad at 2-2 and then you actually rename it instead of grizzly bear you cross out and it's just called 2-2 i think they would get very angry at you defacing an alpha card uh but that's about that's about where that would end you know what i mean like they'd be like i can't believe you've done that to part of magic you history done, why, i can't right. believe you've done this yeah pretty much um, but then uh, second comment from them is and i still assume your deck's super powerful because you have a 4200 yeah, right. card that you're willing to sharpie over right yes exactly that you literally just ruined <laughs> with your own copious chicken scratch uh yeah so weird it's so strange about like magic cards and powers and how it all works I don't know, man. It's wild. Yep. Well, we're about to conclude the episode, so Mr. Bevers can kind of help us change some of these habits. But before, we would really appreciate it. And actually, we've changed this a little bit. Um, Our store is no longer going to be on our website. Uh, We've actually decided to host it over at Etsy. So if you guys just go to Etsy.com, type in CMB Tower, you're going to find our great store on there. And for, the, I think, the first week or two uh, that we've migrated over, we are offering like a site-wide discount. So definitely go uh, check it out. Would really appreciate it. And I've heard Etsy's more reliable than WordPress. Uh, Big Tuck, can you confirm? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Can confirm. <laughs> well, Mr. Bevers, how can we, when Gaia's Cradle hits the table, either change a salt-inducing habit through self-reflection in the mirror or maybe is there a card or two that's like hey if it really bothers you that much just run this so i mean um off the top of my head i don't have a lot of cards off the top of my head that you could you could run against guys cradle that really matter i mean i know that there are some but off the top of my head i'm you know i'm not thinking of any but uh, I think at the end of the day you just got to remember guys cradle literally is a blank faced land if you don't allow your opponent to have creatures. So 
you know, if your opponent has gotten to a point where they have a critical mass of creatures, regardless of whether they have a guy's cradle or not, you're probably in a bad spot already anyway in the in the grand scheme of the game. Right. So you either have the board wipe to answer the creatures or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, maybe the guy's cradle helps them accelerate to a point where, you know, the large mass of creatures they have now becomes a even bigger mass of creatures. Right. Um, you know, you know, with a, like a hoof or something like that coming into play, right. Uh, making them all very, very large, very, very quickly kind of thing. But I mean, like you can still see hoof without a cradle, right. You can still see other win cons like guys. Cradle is not a win con. It's not, Mm -hmm. it it helps you get to your win cons. Absolutely. But it's not a win con, right. So, um, there are lots of other ways to make just as much mana in almost every color right i mean you know how many times i've seen jessica's will cast in the last you know <laughs> oh like my god eight commander cast games I've and played, copied and copied right? like it it's 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 nonsense is what it is really right but but the point is is that you know there's there's so many ways to make mana in so many colors that like as cradle shouldn't be even a blip on your radar to worry about in my opinion so i I feel like it's it's not this is this is not a Gaius Cradle problem, right? I think the problem is this is like a lot of people when they build decks, they run no land destruction of any varietal, right? Mass land destruction, targeted land destruction, or otherwise, right? And just for example, I think Glacial Chasm is a much more scary card than Gaius Cradle, right? So Cumulative upkeep, pay two. When you enter the battlefield, sacrifice land. Creatures you control can't attack. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you, right? So there's been a lot of games where if if I was playing with someone who had Gaia's Cradle, I'd be like, okay, cool. I can solve that, right? I can board wipe, and then you're back to the Stone Age versus someone who plays a Glacial Chasm or a Field of the Dead, same sort of idea, where you're like, I can't, no, I'm not, I have to, dr- I have to draw 40 cards to get there, right? So for me personally, like the answer to this card is not necessarily be scared of guys cradle. It's just like run some form of land removal in your deck, right? You can do it with ghost quarter. You can do it with field ruin. You can do it with TikTok edge, whatever it was, but at least run one of these things so that when you're drawing your cards and figuring it out, you can stop someone from going off. On I mean, this, to be on- fair, those things should be staples in most commanders. Anyway, I don't disagree right? at all. So that leads perfectly into what I wanted to talk about, because I agree with both of you guys. People do not run enough targeted uh, land removal. I actually think, I can't remember if it's Seth or Tomer. One of them says that they run strip mine in every single deck. Oh, sure. Just in case Gaia's Cradle, Glacial Chasm, Field of the Dead, which totally makes sense. I mean, if you yeah. can afford to have a strip mine in every single one of your decks. Um, but for, for, the, for some people, I think... Land removal is like a naughty word. Unless you're running the mm-hmm. land that they want to remove, then they're all for it. They want everyone to do it. So I think people just need to start remembering cards like Acidic Slime, ETB, Destroy Target Artifact sure. Enchantment, or Land. Assassin's Trophy, Destroy Target Permanent an opponent controls. I mean, oh, you can yeah. even kind of go down the line. Uh, heck, the new one, Besiege You Who Endures, it's channel effect. Destroys a non-basic land an opponent controls. Right. But it does all this other stuff. So I think for a community, if Guy's Cradle or Lands 
are like the boogeyman for you and you want to put it on your salt list, well, how about you just run some more universal removal that has the option to at least deal with non-basic lands as well? Because like even casualties of war, choose one or more artifact, creature, enchantment, land, planeswalker, destroy. And it's like, okay, even if you don't want to have to destroy a land and you want to cast this, you don't have to. Just target, just choose everything but land. That's your Mm -hmm. choice. So run more land removal, but don't think that you just have to do strip mine and actual wastelands. You could do things like creeping mold, sorcery, destroy target, artifact, enchantment, or land. And don't forget you gruel players. Decimate is always a great card to run. Staple and gruel. So good. Mr. Mr. Combo loves it. Oh, yeah. Except, except people could, I guess, argue on that one. It forces them to destroy a land. So if there's not a problematic land, they don't oh, want to be sure. that yeah. player. Fair point. Um, and and, and I, I could get that a little bit. But heck, even your... Oh gosh, where was this card? Uh, there's a little insect in here. I believe it's Rakdos. And literally, you tap it, sacrifice a land, destroy target land. Oh, and it's... <laughs> And it's, it's a one-one um, insect. That does sound yeah. exactly like a card I would run. It's the, dr- it's the drill ant or something, right? Yes, yes. Uh, crap, what the heck's its name? I can't remember now. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, um, and I'm actually scrolling through, and I've even uh, lost it myself. But yeah, there's there's things like that that could still fit the theme of your deck without feeling like I'm putting this in here, it's a wasted card slot, I'm never going to use it unless they have a Gaius Cradle-like land. Heck, guys, Urborg shows up way more than Gaius Cradle. Cabal Coffers? Good God. Way worse! Way worse, right? Way worse. And you know what? Scrolling through the salty list, I I don't know if I see... I I don't see him on there. Which I mean, wouldn't you guys agree? Well, I guess Urborg I think, or coffers is way worse. So, like, I think the thing is, is that like the reason you probably don't see them on the salty list is because like coffers by itself, not great. Sure, right? right? Yeah, you have it to have do Urborg anything with itself. it to, for it to be better, right? Or something similar to, to or mono black, you know? right? Well, yeah, but I mean, even in mono black, like I mean, let's say you have eight swamps and a and a coffers, right? It's gonna make you eight mana. For the cost yeah. of three, That's right? So it's not bad, but it's it's definitely not a guy's cradle in the aspect sure. of you know guy's cradle taps and just gives you let's say ten mana. Well, right? but like, the argument there, Bevers, is without a bunch of tokens, guy's yeah, cradle yeah. doesn't really do anything. No, no, I agree, I agree. Like, there's definitely downsides to both, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. But I think the reason the reason guy guy's cradle is there and the other two aren't is because it's by itself can do that as opposed to you know with another land essentially, right? Um, so I think that's that's the main thing. But I mean, I want to also touch on just because we mentioned this at the beginning, right? The other salty reason that this might appear on the list, and that is the dollar value, right? I right, want to make sure yeah. we touch on that as well, because there are budget options. If you are wanting to run Gaia's Cradle, play, uh, you know, uh, the Growing Rights of Itlamok. Uh, yes, okay, it's not as cheap as it could be. I think it's like a $20 card now. Maybe it's more than that now at this uh, point. I ni- don't know. 19 on the nose, yeah. So there you go. It's like 20 bucks, right? That's not bad considering a guy's cradle's $900 or <laughs> if you get the gold border, 200 It's 10 It's only 10% of the price, right? Of, of a gold border, right? So that's cool. Also, I just want to put this out there because there's also the Circle of Dreams Druid if you oh, want God. a guy's cradle on a body and build your own cradle with Merkel, Lord of Bones. 
Go ahead and sack <laughs> that circle of dreams, Druid, and now you have a cradle just sitting there. <laughs> that nobody and can also, do anything with. I agree with you because also growing lights of Iglamont at least does something when it enters the battlefield, right? That too, right? And, and not only something. that, once it flips, it makes a green mana regardless of whether you have a right. creature or not. Well, what if we reposition the argument this way for growing rights? Because I actually think this is probably a better one for Commander. Commander, guys, we're a one-of format. So mm. what do you think is going to be more beneficial for you? Getting a guy's cradle at a random point in the game where you have no idea what your board state's going to be, or a growing rights of Itlamok, the exact same question posed. I would rather get a growing rights because I would guarantee, even if I draw it turn one or two, well, I'm going to cast it turn three and I get something out of it. If right. I draw it turn 20, I actually get a little bit of filtering, and then it's probably just going to transform on its own. Yep. Like, And usually turn 20, you don't want a Gaia's Cradle, because it's right. like, crap. What? What? I already had 18 lands. Mm-hmm. I don't need 30 more. I need my win con. Right. This kind of gets you a little bit right? through. Yeah. yeah, it at least gives you something. And it's only a three-mana investment. I would maybe understand if this was six, and it transformed into Gaia's Cradle, right. then it's like, okay. It's a you little more this. expensive. Yeah. 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 But three, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And the no, fact that it has that ETB, right? I mean, it's it's a big boon, right? Regardless of when you draw it, much like you said, right? So I think that it's underappreciated. I mean, obviously it's it's obviously it's twenty dollar <laughs> mark, so like it's still <laughs> someone out there appreciates it. It's no appreciated a little that. bit, but I feel like, you know, when you compare it to its compatriot, right? Right, like right. it is is literally nicknamed Baby Cradle. Right. Like that's its nickname. Right. How is it? How is it only twenty dollars still? Right. Uh, people people either don't think that it's good enough or they're just, you know, there's more supply of it than demand, I guess. Right. Like, I mean, that that causes it as well. And I'm not trying to drive the price up. I'm not at all. It's more just like along the <laughs> lines of, you know, it's just an interesting statement. Right. Like if you if your problem with Guy's Cradle is the price, there are options. Yeah. Right. That are definitely not that price. And if you're worried about buying multiple amounts of growing lights of Evelmock for your decks, our pals at Abyss Proxy Shop do sell them for $3 a pop and the non-foil with a very fetching artwork. I will say that. That, and if you want to spend money, but not Gaia's Cradle money, but you still feel like you have to flex, you can buy the Exelon Treasure Chest version of this card with the stupid Exelon stamp for $52. The hell is wrong with people? Silliness. Silly. Ab- ab- silly. Absolute, absolute silliness. Well, guys, uh, hopefully, fellow members of the collective, you too have learned how to be a more joyful magic player when your opponent attempts to throw tokens or Gaia's Cradles or Salt in your eye. See ya. Bye.